Hey, good morning. It's Monday morning, March 23rd, and uh, we are in a world that continues to change. The headlines change every day. Seems like the uh, government's uh, issued advice and guidance and rules change every day, but the Word of God does not change, and we need to be in the Word every day. It centers our minds, as we studied this last weekend in Psalm 1. It is the thing our mind should be set on. So we want you to be reading the Bible every day. Our daily Bible reading is on our website. You can find it. It's just so many places that we publish this. But uh, go to our website, find the daily Bible reading schedule, and follow along with us. Today, we're in Joshua chapter 9 and Joshua 10 and Luke chapter 3. So in Joshua chapter 9, I encourage you, as soon as this is done, to read it. Read it carefully. We're going to see the Gibeonite deception. We're in the Gibeonite deception. They come and they bring their evidence of being from a foreign land, and the people do not seek the Lord. The leaders do not pray about it. They don't seek wisdom. They don't ask the Lord about any of it. They just make a deal based on the evidence that's in front of them. They use their minds, but they don't seek God, and unfortunately, they get duped. So certainly in a passage like this, we ought to remember how important it is for us to seek the Lord in every decision. Joshua chapter 10, one of the strangest chapters in all the Bible, the sun stands still. How did God pull that off? Remember this, the God of the universe who made the world uh, controls every molecule in it. And so when you read that, it seems like such a fanciful story, uh, but raising Lazarus from the dead, uh, having a man who was uh, paralyzed from birth stand up and walk, to have a, mind, uh, a blind man see, these are the kinds of uh, exercises of God's power in this world that remind us that God is the creator and he's sovereign over every last molecule in the Bible. So Joshua 9, Gibeonite deception. Joshua 10, the sun stands still there in that battle. And then we're going to look at uh, Luke chapter 3. And in Luke chapter 3, we're going to read that this morning. What a great passage of scripture that is where we see John the Baptist preaching. Preaching a kind of message that is really hard to hear, the message of repentance and what repentance looks like. And so just remember that the truth is really what we need to be giving to people. We need to give that truth to ourselves. Sometimes it may feel like it's not a loving thing to tell the truth, but it is the most loving thing we can do to call people to repentance, to call sin, sin, and to call people to bear fruit in keeping with that repentance. This is what Jesus said is the best prophet of the Old Testament. He said there's no greater prophet than John the Baptist. So when you read all about his preaching there, I wanna make sure you remember how important it is that we speak the truth. We speak the truth in love, even though sometimes that loving commitment to our friends and our neighbors and our family members means to be very clear and very forthright about the truth. All right, we're gonna get you into the Bible reading, but first I wanna give you a one another. We're gonna deal with the one another's every morning and give you one to meditate on, think about, and seek to apply every day. And today, I wanna give you the one another uh, that is found in Mark chapter nine, verse 50. Mark chapter nine, verse 50, the context is interesting about some other issues, but in the middle of him talking about some things that uh, almost seem out of place to this command, uh, he says that you ought to be, here's how it's stated, at peace with one another. I think that's a good one for us to start with. Our lives being sequestered and being in our homes and all those kinds of things that have changed our dynamic relationships at church or in our office. Uh, here's a good command for us to think about. Are we at peace with those around us? And by that, I mean, have we solved the problems that might exist between us and other people? This is a continuative tense imperative in the original language. Uh, the continuative tense means this needs to always be your concern. 
You ought to be pursuing peace with people. You ought to be making sure that there's nothing outstanding. It ought to be the kind of command that drives us to look at ourselves and wonder, is there anything that uh, someone has against me or I have against them, something that's solvable? Uh, and I say that because we know that, as it says in Romans, we can't always be at peace with everyone, but so far as it depends on us, we ought to be at peace. And we ought to have that peace as such a priority that even if we're standing at the altar and have something to offer to God, this is the picture of the Old Testament, of course, like us driving into the church parking lot to worship. If we know we have something against someone or someone's got something against us that needs to be resolved, we ought to just make that the priority. We ought to text them. We ought to call them. We ought to fix that problem. So be sure that you're honest with people about issues that need to be fixed. And that doesn't mean that you confess all your grudges. Remember that because... Uh, you might have a secret hatred or bitterness towards someone. You don't need to confess that. What you need to do in those cases is simply reaffirm your love for people. Remember that great repeated command in the Bible that reminds us to love one another because it says love covers a multitude of sins. So seek peace with people. Pursue that peace. Make sure our one another for the day, Mark 950, that you are at peace with one another. Reaffirm your love. Confess sins if you've committed them and make sure that you have your relationships where they need to be. So get into the Bible reading right now, uh, Old Testament, New Testament, and then give some thought to and apply the truth that we ought to be at peace with one another. How long was that?